He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is the keeper. The Lord is the shade upon the right hand. Just one of them for reading this. You see, the word of God, it has a cleansing effect. Just to read the word of God. When we fail to read the word of God, we're missing out on so much. Shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The sun can get hot at times. Matter of fact, this time of the year, in some places, it's over 100 degrees. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. What a passage of scripture. This is the second of the series of Psalms which are titled a song of accents. As the song sang by the travelers, God goes with us in a journey and he's with us in the end if we hold on to his unchanging hand. Moses in Exodus chapter 33, verse 1 and following, he said, Lord, you don't go with us. We don't want to go. We're not going. And I say to you this morning, if the Lord is not with you, you standing on shaky grounds. Because Jesus says the wind will come, it will come in your life. In Matthew chapter 7, verse number 24 and following, the wind will come and not only the wind would beat upon your house, but the rain would come and test your roof of your house. And once it rains, the flood would come and, and test the foundation of your house. Jesus says, if you're standing on a rock, if you're standing on my word, no matter what happens, it will stand. But if you're standing on sand, on seeking sand, what will happen is, your house will fall, and great would be the fall of it. I don't know about you this morning, but I want to be standing on the rock of Jesus Christ. It is here in these Psalms also, turn with me to Psalm 46. Look at Psalm 46, verse number 1. You're familiar with this Psalm. Psalm 46, verse number 1. God is our refuse and strength, a very present help in trouble. That's who we look to. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 21, Paul says, in essence, if God be for us, who can be against us? And I know rulings that come down sometimes affect us in so many ways. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 13, verse number 1. Romans 13, verse number 1. As we put this in perspective, in reference to the three branches of government, executive, judicial branch, legislative branch, and those three branches, it, 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 it is a check and balance system, if you will. But let me tell you who do not need a check and balance system. God does not need a check and balance system. He is the check and he is the balance. That's who God is. But God has put these things in place 
And it matters in a sense where you were born, because you could be born in a country where you have no rights, no say-so, and even no vote. But we're thankful as to what we're able to be working with in our lives. And we're thankful to know that God is in control no matter where we were born, no matter who we are. And, and, and I want you to know that not only God is in control, in Acts chapter 17, verse number 24 and following, the Bible said we came from one blood. And no one is any better than anybody else. We're all special and unique in God's eye. God did not die. You hear me say this a lot for our skin, but he died for our sin. We're not saved by race, but we're saved by grace. It is here in Romans chapter 13, verse number one, where we see God is still in control. There is all be subject unto the higher powers, but there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. They're ordered by God, the power that be. Whosoever, therefore, resists the power, resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive themselves damnation. Shall receive damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil works. If we live by not only the golden rule, but by God's rule, no matter what part of life you're in on your job or whatever, if you work like you're working unto the Lord, Colossians chapter 3, verse number 21 and following, you're not working unto that person, that supervisor, or the boss, or the owner. You're working unto the Lord. So you're going to always work in the right fashion. You're going to give them eight hours of work or ten hours or whatever it is. You're not going to dodge and throw off work on other people because you're working for the Lord. You're a Christian. You're a disciple of the Lord. You have decided to follow Jesus, and you have given up every, all those things that hinder you from doing the right thing. Because you have given it all to the Lord. You have laid your life out to the Lord, and what a blessing to do that. That's the least we can do, Paul said. In Romans chapter 12, verse number 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. For rulers are not, in Romans chapter 13, verse number 3, for rulers are not a terror to good work, but to evil. Without then not be afraid of the power, do that which is good, and thou shalt have Praise of the same. This is why Christians get they get promoted, and and and, and you ask uh, the people in the workplace, what kind of people are they? Oh, they some wonderful people. That person is a Christian. They they really let that light shine. They don't go around complaining. They're just thankful that they have a job because they know from all from whom all blessings flow. But he is a minister in Romans chapter 13, verse number 4. For he is a what? He is a minister of God to thee for good. The government, if you will. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. They have laws in place. You go around lying, stealing, and killing. 
that's a place for you. And you don't repent of it, that's a place after you leave this life. For he bears not the sword in vain in the uh, emblem of the United States. That's a sword in it. And what it's saying there that the United States have a right to capital punishment. And some states, of course, have taken it off the books and some people still have it on the books. Because some people are so evil, especially the last few years, mass murderers, they kill and kill and kill. And, and some say, even once they get confined, they're confined in jail, they say, i kill again. Not much you can do for a person like that. For he is the minister of God. So government is in place for a reason. There is some order, there is some law and order. And even in the church, God has, has set up the church in a certain way. The church has a church check and balance system. The preacher is the priest of the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1 and following. In season, out of season, there come a time when they will not endure sound doctrine. And the time is now. The elders, uh, the, the overseers, in, in, in Acts chapter 20, verse number 28, Paul says to the elders there, Miletus, he said, he calls them together. And he said, take heed to yourselves and to the flock which God has made you overseers. You've been bought with a price. It's the church of God. How the elders feed the church of God? How the preacher feeds the church of God? By preaching the word of God, by staying with the word, with the book. Because all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For the God, man of God, a woman of God, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. The Bible says in verse number four in Romans chapter 13 for the government for he is the minister of God a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil we are affected by the government in more ways than one when the government is doing what God would have the government to do, we are to go along with it. And that's why we have a voting system when we disagree or whatever, we need to vote. I encourage everybody to vote. So many people died that we might vote, but more than that, Jesus died that we might live. He died that we might have a right to eternal life. In Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, Jesus said, I come that you may have life, have it more abundantly. Luke 19, verse number 10, he said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. Lord knows, at one time I was lost. Thank God I obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. help comes, your help comes, my beloved, your help comes, my help comes from the Lord. I look to the hill from which cometh my help. It comes from the Lord. 
We appreciate the government. I, I want you to notice, look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, and we need to keep this in mind. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1, Paul talks about praying for the government. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1, out of exalt therefore, the first of all, supplication, prayers, intersection, and giving of thanks be made to how many? All men. That's the beauty of the Christian. That's the beauty of Sister Evelyn now that was baptized last Sunday. Now she can pray for all men. The fact that prayer of the righteous are there is much. Now she's able to do now so much in the world that she couldn't do at one point. Who do we pray for then, preacher? In verse number two, in first Timothy chapter two, verse number two, for kings. We pray for kings. We pray for all that are in authority. All. Republican, Democrat, Independent. All that are in authority. Why, Paul? That we may live a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. It's a wonderful thing to have the ability to come to this building and, and no one is standing at the door of a gun saying, no, we're not going to allow you to worship. We, we are able to do this. When I went to Haiti, it wasn't so freely, wasn't free like that in a sense. Some of those people had to hide out. We are so blessed. That we live a peaceful and godly life. It's wonderful to be able to live a peaceful and godly life. This life is short anyway. We don't need to be anywhere where, where, where we're trying to find a place and hide to worship. They do that in China and different places. And Lord help us even in Ukraine. One of my our brothers, he's over there time and time again. He's teaching and preaching the gospel. They have congregations still over there doing the will of God. He came close to getting killed just three months ago. He told us the story. But you would think that he would not go back over there. He's back over there as we speak. Why? Because he's like Paul. He's not only to be jailed for the gospel, he's willing to die for the Lord. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. In verse number three, first Timothy chapter two, verse number three. Who will have all men? How many men who will have all men? First Timothy chapter two, verse number four. Who will have all men to be saved? That's the purpose of the church. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 11. He said, because of the terror of God, we persuade men because one day the Lord is coming back. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7 through 9, taking vengeance on those that know not God and those that obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they'll be separated from our Lord. This is why we preach this gospel. This is why we tell people to come back. This is why we tell people to come back, be a part of the kingdom of God, because the gospel is still working. It's still working in the lives of people. Ask Sister Evelyn. You think that we just shut down and, and not come back and have the same mindset that a lot of our brethren have? Our sister may not have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Someone has to stand up and someone has to speak up. And someone has to live up to what God would have us to do. We're thankful for each of you. We're thankful for those that have been holding on to God's unchanging hand. It doesn't matter about the numbers. We're not concerned about the numbers. We're concerned about God. From whence cometh our help? Our help comes from the Lord. And let me remind you that Solomon says he made heaven and earth. Verse number five and First Timothy chapter 2, verse number 5. I'm still on an introduction. Y'all be patient with me now. Y'all still on an introduction. Here we go now. First Timothy chapter 2, verse number 5. For there is one God. I look to the hill from when cometh my help. There is one God. And one mediator between God and man. That's Jesus Christ. The man Christ Jesus. What did he do, Paul, who gave, in verse number 6, himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time? I will therefore, in verse number 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Lord knows we're praying for everybody all of the time. One of my preacher friends, as we speak, going through a lot right now, with just one difficult memo. Look like God, there's always one difficult memo. Uh, there's none right here now, but at some time, one difficult memo. <laughs> I told you, we're praying for you. You see, you go in there, you stand and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to throw in the towel. No, don't, 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 don't let one difficult memo cause you to throw in the towel. Same in our lives. Don't, don't let one difficult family member cause you to do the wrong thing. The Bible says, I would therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. James says, if you doubt, don't even ask God. Don't even pray because, you know, you are asking God doubting. Double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You go back to the outline. My faith is in God alone. In God alone. I'm thankful for the government. I'm, I'm thankful for, for what they do. But my faith is in God alone. Some of you don't know this. Sister Jones and others that grew up in my era. I was born in 1953. A little after the years stop, I'm still 13 or 15. I don't know, one of those ages, I don't know. But I was born in 1953 in a time period in which there was desegregation, there was segregation rather, and they asked who wanted to volunteer to desegregate the schools. And in my ninth, 10th, 11th grade, I was one of the 13 students in Everton, Georgia, that volunteered. There was only 13 of us in a predominantly white school. We had our 50th class reunion, and they allowed me to pray the prayer because we were so close, and only 13 of us 
in most of the classes, there's only maybe one black, if that. But the beauty of that is that the school, and you can Google this, the school highlights Clark Gaines. Clark Gaines played alongside me in football. Clark Gaines became one of the greatest rookie football players ever. He came onto the bench and scored so many points and so many touchdowns. You can look him up, Clark Gaines. But ironically, Clark Gaines played football with me. And, and, and back then, he was not too better of a football player than me. And maybe had I stayed on board, I may have been an NBA player, NFL player, And London would have been well off by now. But you know, the difference between Clark and me and, and our other football players was every time Clark would miss a ball or something would happen, Clark would kick the ground and go screaming and everything. We said, hold it, it's just a game. But Clark took it serious. We didn't take it serious. This is just a game, Clark. Jessica can relate to this probably when she was at. Georgia Tech, how people took it serious, right, Jessica? Some people took it real serious. They went to WNBA, right, Jessica? Some of them probably. They took it serious. You know, I think about our Christian life. When you obeyed the gospel, how serious did you take it? See, the reason why I took it so serious in 1976 because I, I, was, I was deep in sin. But Jesus took me in. I took it serious because I knew that God had saved me, saved me from hell's fire. And God was building me up to do his work like he does all of us. I took it serious. We know we talked last week about discipleship. Jesus says, if you love, you got to love mother and father less. You got to love me more. You have to put me first on your list. You must be consumed with me, Jesus said. And then this is the, the part that hurts us. When he said, he said, if you don't do this, you cannot be my disciple. You don't qualify. See, I didn't qualify to be an NBA player, NFL player. Why? Because I didn't take it serious. Clark Gaines took it serious. But the government at that point, they had brought down laws where we could go over to the battle school, if you will. They had battle equipment, new gym, and everything else. And I thank God for that environment that I was put in. But you know the best environment that he put me in? In the kingdom of God, the church. Because in the church, I look to the hills for what's coming my help, my, my help coming from the Lord. And, and notice, notice, notice what it says in Psalm 121, verse number 1 and 2. Notice, notice what it says. It's, it not only comes from the Lord, my help, but it, it comes from the one, here it goes now, it comes from the one that made what? That made heaven and earth. I would lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help, my help that cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. In verse, if you see this on point, upon the point number one, help come from God, creator of all and helper of Israel. 
That's where it comes from. I want you to know that God has a good track record. God is ever present. He's ever powerful. He's all knowing. Some of us, sometimes we get off track, don't we? And some people are off track now where they don't worship God like they used to. They don't serve God like they used to. They don't give like they used to. Some things in life has have distracted them and they're not where they need to be. Help from the Lord, the creator of all and the helper of Israel. I will lift my eyes to the hills. I will lift my eyes to the hill. The singer here in Psalms, he, he, he looked to the hills, likely the distant hills of Jerusalem, as he traveled toward the city to fulfill his pilgrims. See, as we travel this road, as we live this life, we must keep looking to the hills, looking to God, from which cometh our help. Our help, in verse, in 1A on the outline, help from Yahweh, and we have eyes to the hill. Upon the point number 1B, Verse number two, my help comes from the Lord. He's the sole source of help, comes from the creator, and that equals unlimited power. See, when your help comes from the creator, that's unlimited power. In Ephesians chapter three, verse number 20, Paul says this, unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly more than we can actually think, through the power, and notice this now, through the power that works in us. See, God's power works in us, works in the child of God. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 13, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. There are some things that we face in life that we say to ourselves, no, I, I cannot do that, I cannot do it. But when I know that my help comes from the Lord, I can do all things. When you look at the second point, he will not allow your foot to be moved. In verse number three, in Psalm 121, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall never slumber nor sleep. My help comes from the Lord. And that's a source, that's a wonderful source. Remember I said he made the world, he created the world. In Isaiah chapter one, Israel, they were lining themselves up with people around them and the government and all those different things and, and we are to obey the laws of the land. Yes, we are. But when the laws of the land contradict God's will, we're not to obey. But Israel were lining themselves up with the nations around them. Like all the time, we align ourselves up with our bank account, our jobs. And even sometimes we put too much faith in our friends. But we forget about the friend that we have in Jesus. We have to line ourselves up with the Lord, He's the source. The traveler, 
look to Jerusalem as his goal, and we look to heaven as our goal. Set your mind on things above, Colossians chapter 3, your affection on things above and not on things on this earth. Because we know things on this earth are not always right, not always fair. But even in the midst of that, if we align ourselves up with God, God will work it out. The traveler looked to Jerusalem as his goal, yet his trust was not in the city of Jerusalem itself. He Help would come from God who made heaven and earth. The creator would be his helper. Glory be to God. He would be his sole source. What is your sole source this morning? Do you get discouraged when things happen in reference to your financial situation or your health? Or even in relationships? It could be a broken marriage. It could be a broken heart for many different reasons. It could be you feel like you're not where you should be in life at this point. You look to God for your help, not to some of the things that you wish you had of, of where you want to be in life. Oftentimes, we get discouraged when we look back. Sometimes we look back too much. Only if I could have done this, or have done this, or had this, or had that. But you know what I'm thankful for? God is able to work with what you have if you let him. He can do a scene abundantly more than you can actually think through the power that works in us. The city of God and the temple are to be desired and delighted in as the psalmist is looking to the hills from which comes to hell, the mountains upon which they rest are to be remembered. But not from them does help come from to distress our souls. We can't get help from the mountain. Where do we get our help? We get our help from the Lord. I want you to notice here in the book of Psalm, the Bible says he does not slumber nor sleep you don't have to worry about God going on vacation during the 4th of July period. And he's not with you while you're on vacation because God is on vacation. No, he never slumbers or sleep. He does not go on vacation. He's always there. He is. Do you know what my problem is? And most of our problems is sometimes we go on vacation from him. Who moved? The sign on this church building, I never forget it, years ago, it said, it was simple, it said, who moved, you or God? No, you move, because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing, tribulation, doubt, but none of those things. See, God does not move, we move. I look to the hills for which cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord. He would not allow your foot to be moved. Can you imagine that? God would help his people by establishing them in a firm place, allowing them to stand and not allow their foot to be moved. Remember in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 11 and following, Paul said, do all you can to stand. Do all you can to stand, but you can't stand by yourself. You need someone to stand with you. Do all you can to stand, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10 and 11. Then it goes on and says, 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in our places. We get angry at one another, and we let Satan just take over our hearts and minds. Satan is using John Doe. He's using Susan Doe. And you're looking at Susan Doe as being the evil one. No, but Satan is using them. And we get so caught up in our feelings. I can't believe they said that to me. I can't believe they did that to me. Get over it. And this is not the first time. There's going to be some more Susan Doe and John Doe's. So you must build yourself up so when the other Susan Doe's and John Doe's come, you'll say, oh, that's all you got. That's all you got. He will not allow your foot to be moved. The foundation of God, power, and his goodness on which thou standest cannot be moved. And which thou standeth on the basis thy foot cannot be moved. Our foot shall move in progress, but they shall not be moved to their overthrow, in other words. You gonna let someone stop you from progressing and moving forward? That's Satan's tactics. Paul said, well, we know Satan's tactics. We, we, we're not ignorant of Satan's tactics in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 11 through 14. He said, we, we know how he operates. Do you not know Satan can cause good to be evil spoken of? Satan can cause your good words to be evil spoken of. We know how he operates. And you're going to let that get you down? But a Christian, this reminds us of the principle found in Ephesians 6, 11. Well, we're to do what? Put on the whole arm of God to be able to stand against the wise of the devil. There's not going to be a cakewalk through life, this Christian life. It's not going to be that way. You're going to have ups and downs, but, but this is why the beauty of the church, we have one another, we have brethren that we can call and encourage us. We have God in which we can pray to. And Jesus, we read earlier, who is our mediator. We can't do this alone. And there'll be some people in life that go through more sickness than others. It, it's just that way. Some people in life that go through more heartache than others in their marriage. And even being a single person, uh, sometimes you might go through more than you can even imagine. But married people can tell you, sometimes better be single going through it than be married going through much more. Watch it now, watch it. <laughs> Paul says, First one after chapter 7, verse number 26 and following, he said, when you're single, you can serve me. God said, you can serve me more. I know I love this part of Tommy when it says, a single person does not have to worry about pleasing their spouse. It's hard to please people. Y'all notice that? Somebody said, Curtis, that you can please some of the people some of the time, but not all the people all the time. And sometimes your wife, none of the time, watching that. <laughs> Hard to please them. <laughs> but I love this part. We can't please God. 
Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, the Bible says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he exists and that he is a reward of those that what? Diligently seek him. That's what the child of God does. That's what the child of God does that look to the hill from whence cometh their help. Their help cometh from the Lord because we're constantly seeking God. We're constantly trying to please God because he's everything to us. Paul makes it plain. Here it goes right here. He says in Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1, I just read to you, you set your mind on things above. But Paul says in verse number 3 and following, Colossians chapter 3, brother, he says, Christ is our life. That's who he is. He is our life. He's our everything. And every person must have their own personal relationship with God. You can't depend on the lesson from the pulpit. You have to study yourself. You can't depend on your spouse's religion. You see, London studies herself. She's in other rooms sometimes studying herself. Things we haven't even talked about. She, she studied. She had her relationship with God. I have my relationship with God. Then we have a combination of coming together, our own relationship with God together. See, if it's, if it's the other way where you just both have your relationship with God together, and then she doesn't have hers separate, and I don't have mine separate. Houston does some trouble in the house. You wonder sometimes why we don't come together as married people, because you need your own relationship. See, she needs her own friends. I need my own friends. You know how some married people say, well, uh, uh, it ain't my friend. It can't be your friend. Well, I got my own friend. Amen? She got her own friends. I mean, she just made a friend the other day in Evelyn. She and Evelyn talking on the phone. Friends, right, Evelyn? She got her own friend. I got my friend, too, but a fix. So, you know, so y'all don't hear me, do you? So here we see. And the second point, he will not allow your foot to be moved. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and following. And then we see grace. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse number 2. Romans chapter 5, verse number 2. We see grace. Romans chapter 5, verse number 2. We have grace is the unmerited favor of God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have grace. Thank God for grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that save a wretch like me. He says in verse Number three in Romans chapter five, verse number three. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation. We glory in tribulation, Paul. James chapter two, verse number, James chapter one, verse number two and following. He said, when trials come, we count it all joy. Joy, James is saying, and this is what Paul is saying also. See, we grow in tribulation because we know the end is going to end. It's going to end, right? Because if God is in it, I look to the hills which come of my help. My help coming from the Lord. And that's why I can rejoice in tribulation. 
I can go through it because God will see me through. Like this one guy in college, Victoria, Victoria, she can relate to this. She's on break right now. She goes back to college when next month, next month, then she has two years in. And I thought she had finished four years. She's been going through this thing so quick. But she said, no, Brother Moore, just two years right now. You don't know how those grades come about. Jessica, you and others, y'all know how it is. So those classes are kind of rough. You can study all you want to and burn the midnight oil. So those classes are kind of rough. But this one guy said this. This is what he said, Jessica. He told the teacher, I worked hard and everything, but I don't seem to get this. But after he had taken the test, he said, I don't deserve an A. I don't deserve an A. You know, sometimes in our lives, as we work for the Lord, we don't deserve what he does for us. I know I don't. He said, and, and teacher said, okay. He said, what about B? He said, no, teacher, I don't deserve a B. And then teacher said, well, what do you deserve? He said, just give me a C. I just want to see me through. Just see me through. Sometimes in life, we just need God to see us through, don't we? We need to just, for him to see us through because we look to the hill for which cometh our help, our help cometh for the Lord, and he will see us through. You look at your sheet. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 1. As you look at, he will not allow your foot to be moved. I want you to notice this morning why, because we're standing on something. L listen at what we're standing on in Romans 15, verse number one. We're standing on something. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received. Here goes now, wherein ye stand. Remember, it said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10 and following, do all you can to stand. We read earlier in Matthew chapter 7, verse number 24 and following, when you plant your house, when you build your house on a solid foundation, you will stand. You know why you're still standing there, many of you that have been in the faith for all these years, because you've been standing on that foundation. And when you look back, you know God brought you through. No matter what, he brought you through. Not only do we stand here, we stand in this gospel, we stand in this truth. We built our house on a solid foundation. He says, by which also ye are saved. You're saved in which you're standing on the gospel if you keep in memory what I preach unto you unless ye have believed in vain. In other words, the gospel entails us remembering. We, we must remember what? Here it goes. In verse number three, for I declare unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. That's what we must remember. Don't forget, because in Hebrews chapter six, verse number one and following, we can crucify Christ over again by the life that we live. I don't want to do that. I declare unto you, he says, unto you, unless you have believed in vain, in verse Number three, 
For I deliver unto you, first of all, that also I will see how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was what? Buried, and that he arose again the third day according to the scripture. That's what he did. When you are baptized, you take on the death of Jesus Christ, how you, you die to sin. You, you die to the world. You know, you're in the world, but not of the world. You die to sin. You die to the world. You're buried in the water grave of baptism. You become a new creature in Christ. You have not become a new creature in Christ. We invite you to do just that. That's the operation of God. Paul says how he died. He was buried. Just in a few minutes, and if you're looking um, at our worship this morning, don't just stop when we do the invitation song. Also, for the next few minutes, we'll be doing the Lord's Supper, how he died, he was buried. Paul said, you stand in this. You stand in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we stand in, and that's why you must come on the first day of the week. Do not forsake the assembly, because we partake of the Lord's Supper. Uh, he died. He was buried. Paul said, I'm crucified with him. I no longer live in Galatians 2, verse number 20, but Christ liveth in me. I'm crucified with him. We may not make it to another Sunday. But guess what? We can do all to glorify him on this day. In all these years, many of you have been worshiping God in spirit and truth and partaking the Lord, suffering on the first day of the week, giving as you prosper, singing songs, spiritual songs, and hearing the word of God. It's been a wonderful experience. Because God has brought this about. This is what God wanted to do. This is his formula for worship. He knows how to touch our hearts. Last point. Point number three on your sheets. He who keeps you, keeps and preserves you. He keeps and preserves you. That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? He not only keeps us, but he preserves us. It was 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses number 12 and following, when Paul said, Alexander the carpet smith did me much harm. People will harm me in life, no matter what good person you are. They didn't just harm Jesus, they crucified him. Alexander the carpet smith, Paul said, did me much harm. He said, and no man stood with me. Sometimes you have to stand alone and stand strong. No man stood with me. Read that when you get a chance in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses number 12 and following. He said, he did me much harm. People would do you harm no matter how good you are. He says, no man stood with me. Sometimes people won't stand with you. He says, then he goes on to say, he said, but the Lord stood with me. I looked to the hill would come of my help, my help coming from the Lord. The Lord stood with me, Paul said. Have you been there before? I don't know about you, but I've been there before. But the Lord stood with me. Well, something about if I stand beside Brother Curtis and somebody standing beside him and I can't strengthen him, Paul says, the Lord strengthened me. The Lord will strengthen us. We continue to pray for Sister Wilson and others that have lost their loved ones. And it's hard. 
But I say to you, the Lord, I say to you, the Lord will strengthen you. Yes, keep holding on to God's own change of hand. Don't give up. He will strengthen you. He will give you strength. Amen. The Lord strengthened me, Paul said. He, he strengthened me. And then he said, I love this part. He said, and the Lord delivered me from the mouth of the lion. And he said, the Lord will always deliver us. I look to the hill, which come of my help. My help come from the Lord. And I hope, trust, and pray this morning that you don't look to the government, but you look to the Lord who made and created heaven and the earth. The Lord will always be there. God bless our government, all the branches. The branches and the trees also, amen. <laughs> but most of all, you put your trust in God. As we close, look at 1 Kings chapter 18. And the lesson will be yours after about six more minutes. For those that are counting, 1 Kings chapter 18, it is Elijah in verse number 27. He had prayed and did not reign for over three years. And of course, he is telling Baal, the false gods, you pray to your God, and I pray to my God. And we see which God shows up. The God from the hills, he shows up. I look to the hills, it's come my help. Our God never sleeps or slumber. Look at what he says, and he's mocking the other gods. First King. Chapter 18, verse number 27, and it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry out aloud, for he is a God. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, a pre-adventure, he sleepeth and must be awakened. Remember what we read in Psalm 121, y'all notice this now, our God never slumbers asleep. He's never on vacation. He's always there for us. Always there. Can we close with Psalm 23? And you all already know 1 Peter 5, 7. Let's look at Psalm 23. If we look to the hills, boom, it's come up our hill. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, Brenda. Sister Buddha, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Notice in verse number three, Vanessa, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. You see, Linda, yet though, yet though I walk through the valley of shallow death, See, death is only a shadow for the child of God. I will feel no evil, for thou with me. Sister Moore, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Linda and I were just talking about Sister Moore the other day, how much faith she has. And, you know, she loves to laugh. Anybody been around her, she loves to laugh. She's always joking and carrying on. But I'm always bringing one up on her and sneak in on a joke on her. And, and she said, bust out and start laughing. <laughs> our rod and our staff, Sister Moore, they comfort me. Thou prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anoint my head with oil. Y'all read this before. My cup runneth over. One man said, God blesses me so much. His coffee cup runs over. He's drinking all the sausage, you know. This is the beat of living this Christian life in verse number six. This is the blessing of living this life, this Christian life in verse number six. The Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Goodness and mercy. All the days of my life. The child of God knows this. That's why we don't fret when things happen. We know that goodness and mercy always follow us. God will work things out all right. That's why I love to be around my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I would dwell where? I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever and ever and ever. Y'all can't kick me out. You kick me out, I'm going to sit back there in the back somewhere. I'm going to sneak in. Amen. Let's close with 1 Peter 5, 7. I know this is probably somebody's favorite scripture. 1 Peter 5, 7. Here it goes. Y'all know it by heart. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you I look to the hills y'all help me with this now what's come with my help for all my help cometh for the Lord and I'm casting I'm casting I'm casting all my cares upon him for he cares for me and he cares for you where are you in this lesson this morning? Have you been focusing on the wrong thing? Keep your focus on those things above. Let out every weight and seeing that so easy beset you. Don't let these things, these, these, these trivial things set you apart. You're doing the big things. Why are you letting the small things cause you to be derailed? You're doing it. You're okay. Don't let Satan worse that way. He won't, he won't get to live on my new things to trip you up. But we're marching to Zion, the beautiful city of God. You've heard the word of God this morning. Believe it all your heart. Repent your sins, your sins. Confess Christ and be baptized. You become a member of the Lord's church and one that he died for. The church of Christ. The Church of Christ. Brother Marcus wants us to stand at this time and our song of invitation will be number what? 674. 674. 674. Amen. 674. Amen. Let's sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. 
to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, 